God is so good. What's he been doing with you this week? Have you been paying attention? <laughs> he is, uh, he's with us every moment of every day. He's, he's doing something all the time. Do you, um, he lives in us, each of us, but he lives in us for ourselves. But he comes upon us just like he did in the Old Testament for others, <laughs> for us to give away. Out of our relationship with him, he, he, <laughs> he wants us to give away his being. His presence. And as we heard this morning from uh, Nicole, uh, his joy. <laughs> I love that take on his joy. So good. He is up to some good things all the time. Yeah. Oh, just so you know, the kids are going to be at the back there. That's what those long tables are. We're not setting it out for Jesus and his disciples. <laughs> they are welcome here, and we'll put up extra tables if they're needed. <laughs> but the kids uh, uh, are trying to listen to the sermon and get some notes and grow, just like yeah. you people have been such good examples to them that they want to grow up just like you. <laughs> ah, God's good. I'm going to read from uh, Mark 6, starting in verse 30. There they go. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. That's a good, a good uh, admonition from Jesus, you know. Like he, he made it a lifestyle to, to rest after he had um, ministered. Stuff is taken out. Stuff, energy or whatever it is, 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 is removed so Jesus was always trying to find a place of solitude to reconnect with his Father, to um, refill, replenish, and uh, get ready for the next time. And so he's passing that along to them. We're not going to stay on this, but it's just a, a kingdom principle. You don't want to be ministering from an empty vessel. If you're giving out and giving out and giving out, never refilling, never, never taking time to fill up yourself, you're going to run into trouble. We've seen that many times over the course of the history of the church. I'm not going to go into that this morning. <laughs> so picking it up again, um, come away to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. Wow. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. 
You suppose they had Facebook then? Maybe it was Twitter. Twitter's a little faster than Facebook, isn't it? <laughs> Somehow the word got out. Anyway, verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them. And that word compassion is where I want to spend a little time today. But he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Now I want to drop down to um, verse 53. They're going, they just went over uh, to, to, from one side of the lake to the other. And now they've gone back in, in the, the meantime here. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gesenaret, Gennesaret, and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that he might touch even the fringe of they might touch even the fringe of his garment and as many as touched it were made well thank you lord for your for your word now isn't that interesting we're going to go back to compassion um, in uh, verse 34 It's almost like a doctrine at this point. They just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. But just a couple of days before, that had never been done before. We, we a couple of weeks ago, went over the story of the woman who um, had the issue of blood for 12 years and had been um, abused by her physicians, <laughs> and, and nothing had gone right for her, and she was so desperate that she just had to, she knew she had to touch even the edge of his garment. Now that, that, that's got to be a revelation from God. But, but it was in her desperation that she broke through something. And because she did, it opened up the way for all of these other people to be healed. We don't see any reference to people touching the hem of Jesus' garment before, before she did. But all of a sudden, everybody that touches it is healed. Now, you just know that people would have touched his garment before that. He was in crowds. His friends were about him. They, were, they, they, they lounged at dinner, you know. They lie down. They, didn't have, they weren't in chairs, all polite like we were. Or we are. <laughs> Nothing happened before until somebody broke through. Somebody broke through an invisible barrier. And because someone was willing to pay that price, the woman who, who had the issue of blood, did, it didn't matter to her what the consequences were to her doing that. She could have been 
abused by the disciples or the, or the people in the crowd. Those things didn't matter to her. She had to touch the hem of the garment of the Messiah. And because that was her focus, that was, she, that was her faith, she drew something out of Jesus. She was able to break through. I've used this before, but I, I, I just, this is for somebody. Have you ever seen a jet break the sound barrier? There, there are pictures on the internet. I, I encourage you to look it up. Uh, we, we've got it on there somewhere. But um, as, as the jet pilots are, are flying faster and faster, the, the sky is clear. There's nothing around them. And just before they get to the speed of, of sound, the, their airplane starts to shake just a little bit. There's a resistance. And then all of a sudden, a cloud appears, and bang! A loud clap, a breaking through the sound barrier. That was something that nobody saw before. How could it really be there? And yet there is physical manifestation of a breakthrough, of pushing past something that exists in the, in the invisible realm, manifests itself in the visible all of a sudden, and in the auditory. So there's a cloud that appears and, and something in the, that we can hear loud. It's an amazing thing. She did that. <laughs> this woman broke through the sound barrier. Chuck Yeager did it. He was the first man that ever did it. And after that, many, 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 many men and women have broken the sound barrier. And just like this woman that broke through and touched the hem of his garment, you read it with me. It's 11.11, look at that. Yeah. Where did we get to? They laid the sick in the marketplace and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. Just, just let us touch that. You don't have to pay attention to me. And as many as touched it were made well. So that might as well say every single one that touched it was made well. But that wasn't possible a week before this. You could have touched it and nothing would have happened, just like all of the other people that had touched it. Somebody broke through with purpose and was willing to put up with the, 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 the shaking, the, the turbulence that happened right before. When Chuck Yeager did it, he, he thought his plane was going to fall apart. He's going faster than any man had ever gone before, and he just felt like, well, this is it. I'm closest to heaven I'm, I'm going to get. <laughs> but he broke through that and broke the sound barrier. And she broke 
the healing barrier. <laughs> the hem of the garment healing barrier. What barrier is there for us? What barrier is there for us to break through that, that we've just grown so accustomed to? She'd been abused, and, and uh, it, said, it said that, the, you know, so she'd been taken advantage of by many physicians for 12 years. She'd paid the price. She was probably a woman of wealth, and, and all of it was gone. She had nothing left. She was willing to pay whatever it took to break through and get healing, and she got it. What, have we, what are we living with? What are we putting up with in our lives that we need to be desperate about, not just for ourselves, but to break through for others? Because once you make a breach in a wall, <laughs> like if you're going to take a city, <laughs> you breach the wall once and everybody pours in. Is there a breach that you need to have faith for? To break through for the rest of us. It's a principle. It's a kingdom principle. Don't be satisfied. Don't be complacent. We have been lulled into inactivity over the last year and a half. Fear and inactivity. Isolationism. What is it that God wants us to pick up and believe him for? And to push in on. I wasn't even going to preach on that. but <laughs> that's, yeah, It's all what God's doing. So you... Do you remember 2004 there was a movie? Uh, Mel Gibson wrote it and directed it. The star had to learn the language of Aramaic, and had to, had to have fake blood plastered all over him, the whole, pretty much the whole filming. It's called The Passion of the Christ. And it was a, it was a oh, very graphic presentation of the last 12 hours of Jesus' life on earth. And it was, it was very, very troublesome. For me, I just I, I haven't watched it since. You know, we own it, but I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it. It 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 just troubled me so much to watch him go through that. It'd be it'd be like watching my my dear bride die. You know, I I wouldn't want to watch that again. Some people have watched it many times, and, 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 it, and, it's, and it's dear to them, and I understand that, but it's just, it was so graphic that I, I, I just couldn't do it. He made $600 million on that, so he broke through for his bankers. <laughs> the passion of the Christ. But here we have what we read... He had compassion on them. Verse 34. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them. Compassion. Now the word passion comes from a, a, a Latin word 
pasio, which means suffering. Now, that's not the way it's presented in, in the English. Passion is kind of what you have for a sport or for your beloved or, you know, something. You have passion about something. But it, but it, it originally meant suffering. And the prefix com means with. So it, it isn't actually with suffering. It's suffering with. So in, in the reading here, it's he had compassion. He... He, he was moved to suffering with them. And, and in that, he just knew he had to do something about it. There is no just leaving them. He recognized them as sheep without a shepherd. These sheep need a shepherd. I have to do something about this. And he had compassion on them. So we can make a movie about the, the compassion of the Christ, not the passion of the Christ. Jesus shows compassion toward the people around him. Jesus and his disciples are traveling around the countryside and and. The, um, the presentation, The Chosen, is so good at showing, representing that. It's just, it's just profound. If you haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it. It is, it is very winsome. <laughs> it just draws you in. It's delightful. So Jesus wants to get them away and have a little rest. But the people move ahead of him. They know where he's going, and, and they're there before he is. There's some of us like that. We seem to want to run ahead of Jesus all the time. <laughs> we, we just uh, we need to wait for Jesus because he's got something up, up for us all the time. He's amazing. But here he has compassion. On them, he wasn't irritated, un unable to help them. He knew he had something for them, and 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 he was suffering with them. If we if we look at the Greek, we can go even deeper. The Gospel of Mark was written in in Greek first, uh, and the word for compassion is is more graphic than the Latin word, and even with phonetic spelling, I mess it up. It, but it, what, it, what it means is, is a, a, a tightening in the intestines, a, a, a gripping. Like it, he was so moved that his, his very innards were, were, were tightened. Now, In, in Greek literature also, they, they, you know, they refer to this area as the heart too. You know, they, didn't, they didn't see the heart as, as where, where love would come from, you know, like this thing that pumps the blood. It was, it was from here. This is where your heart, where all of your emotions come from, is, is from the gut. 
And, and from this place in Jesus, he was moved that he knew he had to do something about this. He saw people in desperate need. Desperate need. This isn't, this isn't a people that were just out for joy rides. He, he saw people that needed him. And he knew that he had been called as the good shepherd. In, um, in between the two readings, he, he feeds a whole bunch of people. And he has them sit down on, on patches of grass. And it reminds us of the good shepherd in Psalm 23 who leads his sheep to lie down in green pastures. It reminds us of of um, the good shepherd predicted by Ezekiel and, and Jeremiah and Isaiah. The one that promises in Isaiah, he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The good shepherd has come to us in the name of Jesus. And he is good news to us. He is the one who who is closer than a brother to us. He is the one who will never leave us nor forsake us. He is our good shepherd, always leading us to the right place, always taking us there. And, and moved in compassion, moved in splagmatomai, or <laughs> however you pronounce the Greek word, by his people, moved by his people to do something. Moved in compassion. You know, I, I, I didn't read it, but he feeds 5,000 people in between our two readings. You know, we read from 34 to, or 30 to 34, and then, um, uh, and then we picked it up again in uh, 53. But in the meantime, he walks on water and feeds 5,000, just little things. <laughs> but you notice what he does. He breaks through sometimes, but he always starts with what he has. When, when he feeds the 5,000, he says, what do we got? And they say, five loaves and two fishes. That's what they came up with. And so he thanks the father. 5,000 men out there. How many women? How many kids? There's a whole bunch of people. So his, his way of dealing with it isn't, oh, God, how, how are we going to do this? You know, like... How, Judas, come here. How much we got in the... <laughs> they didn't have enough money for that kind of stuff. He recognized that something has got to come from the supernatural realm into the natural realm. And so he thanks him for what's in the natural realm. Father, thank you. <laughs> we have five, five loaves and two fishes here. Thank you. Bless this. <laughs> And thank you that it's going to feed everybody. How it does, doesn't matter. He just does. 
And he thanks him for what he has. Do you ever get to that place in the end of the month when you've got $2 left and the bills are in the thousands? The way we usually approach Jesus is, oh God, I don't have enough for the, the month. Oh God, there isn't enough money here. I suggest to you that we need to start with, thank you that I have these $2. Mama dollar and Papa dollar. Let them mate, Lord. <laughs> That's from It's a Wonderful Life. I didn't make that. <laughs> but he thanks his father for what they have. And if we thank the father for what we have, then we're, we're acknowledging that he's seen and he knows and he's with us. He already knows how much we need. He's promised to meet our needs. And it's, it's sort of like the cat up the tree. You know, people get so freaked out about a cat up a tree. And they phone the fire department. And the fire department, out of courtesy, and just to, <laughs> just to be kind to the people, they send a truck out to rescue a cat how many cat skeletons have you seen in trees they don't exist <laughs> they don't exist and you've made it through every month end Amen. right <laughs> you call out the fire department every month end and say oh god there's a fire here what are we going to do? There's not enough money. And yet, the month then comes and goes. Your, your bowels may be in a bit of an uproar over it too. But not from compassion, from fear and worry. And there is a huge difference. The fear and worry is about you and for your life and what's going on. Jesus wants us to see things for others as well. Jesus had compassion upon them. They had need. And he is the answer. And it's, <laughs> it's so good what he's able to do with us. So if we can see where we've come from, it's very much easier to thank God for what we have. And as we thank him, we enter his gates, right? We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And as we enter his gates, we have audience with the king. You can't go rushing into the, the throne room full of fear. That will, perfect love casts out fear, right? In the throne room is where Jesus is, and, and he is perfect love. Fear will not last. If you get in there. But your fear may take you to someplace else that you assume is the throne room. Unless you come away without fear, you've not been with the king. But if you enter with thanksgiving, watch how it changes. Watch what he does with us. Back to compassion. 
For a few years ago, there was this movement that was going around North America, at least. It was um, um, free little libraries. Did you see people would put up a little, looked like a little house with a, a door on it, and they put in library books and said, if you, if you need a book, take a book, and, and uh, if you have an extra one, bring it back. And they, these little libraries were all over the country. It was really kind of a cute idea. So the idea was to share what had been a blessing to you with others. During COVID, somehow that changed to a little pantry. So people started putting canned goods and, and uh, beans and rice and lentils and things like that into these little huts. And, and, and people that had need, weren't able to get something from the store, would go to these little houses and, and pick up without fanfare, without any <laughs> acknowledgement, and take food away. But somehow there was always food in there. Some people were watching and, and replenishing. And were having compassion, suffering with those that didn't have. In, in a really beautiful little way. I was, I was really taken with the story of all of that. So they're acting in those kind of situations, with the compassion of Christ. So he not only meets us in our physical needs, he cared for the people who had, had not eaten. He and his guys had not eaten either. You remember it said that they were going to rest and they didn't even have time to eat. And so, <laughs> look at what happens here. We, we talked about it, but they have nothing. Their bellies are groaning. <laughs> and yet they, they find a little food, and they thank God for that little food. And then they give it away. And yet everybody is satisfied. In their hunger, they gave away. They thank God for what little they had, and they gave it away. They gave it away, all of it. <laughs> and there was lots left at the end. It's such a beautiful picture of kingdom in action. And I, and I think there is an anointing this morning to pick that up a little bit. To be able to move with that kingdom understanding that he does indeed love us. And he does have compassion upon us. And he has promised to meet our needs. And if he's promised, he's never broken a promise. So he will see us through. So, The question I had at the end of it all today for us is how do we become the cloak of Jesus? The lady that, the woman that touched his cloak broke through for many. We have all touched him and been touched by him. We have broken through 
that barrier. We have broken through and seen miracles, experienced healings, had prophetic words. How can we become the cloak of Jesus to our neighbors? The compassion of Jesus expressed. Allowing the good shepherd to meet people's needs. He has a different way for each of us. It's, he is infinitely creative. But one thing we have to be willing to do is move. <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't often come to the one that is just sitting and waiting. He usually moves through the one that is moving. And as we move through the marketplace, is where, where he was talking about, they laid the people out in the marketplace, hoping for a touch. Later on in, in Acts, um, uh, Peter moves through the marketplace, and just a shadow falls on people, and they're healed. Moving about God's business. Being aware of his presence because he's with us all the time. Being aware that in his presence there is fullness of joy. His joy is yours. You can thank him for what you have and watch him multiply it before you as you give it away. I have a theory about, about the rich young man, the rich young ruler that, that came to Jesus, and he said, I've, I've done everything all my life. I've kept all the rules. I've, done, I've been a good Jewish boy. And Jesus said, you just lack one thing. <laughs> Sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. <laughs> That's just one thing? <laughs> That sounds like everything to me. He'd kept the, the law. And yet there was a higher law for the kingdom that Jesus was calling him to. Now, Jesus only said, come follow me to his disciples. So this guy had an opportunity to be a disciple. Did he ever become a disciple? I think this was Barnabas the rich young ruler. That's just a theory. <laughs> and Barnabas, we know he sold a piece of land and gave it all to, a big piece of land, and gave it to the disciples. And he became a disciple. He traveled with Paul. He saw the miracles. He came and followed Jesus. Jesus has an individual way for each of us to come and follow him, to be about his business. To, to, to. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. He's sending us, sending us somewhere into our neighborhoods, into our families. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ wherever we go. We are set to reconcile a hostile world to a loving and gracious God who has made way for them already. There is a, a, a physical barrier between them and God, and we can break through it 
just like breaking through the sound barrier. We know it can be done. It's been done before, and people can come rushing through if we show them that it's there. Just to talk to them. Tell them your testimony. <laughs> tell them what God has done for you. Or if you, if you can't think of that, tell him some of the stuff that happened. Just last week, we had a beautiful testimony of Catherine and, and the healing that she received from Jesus. And it's powerful. If you don't have testimony yourself, share hers. I'm sure she'd be willing to share it. <laughs> what is he doing? We have a world that is afraid right now, living in fear, living with, without a hope for a future. They're, they're so desperate for a future that they're clinging to whatever words that they're given by a corrupt media. Imagine what they will do when they hear the truth. They may reject it. There may be a little resistance, like when you're breaking through the sound barrier. But push in, <laughs> because there is a breakthrough there. And as you break through for one, you break through for the many. Word spreads. They didn't need Twitter or, or Facebook. The word spread. It was less than a week since the, the woman had touched his garment, and they, were, they came out in droves to have, have the opportunity to touch his garment and be healed. The word spreads quickly when you take the good news that Jesus has come as our Savior. That is good news. That is not fearful news. That is faithful news. And it's for us to take to a lost and dying world. Stand with me if you would. Compassion. Compassion. Suffering with. And, and <laughs> you know full well that during the last year and a half, we have suffered with the world. We, we've been a part of this whole thing. And yet here we are. Cat in a tree. <laughs> Do we need saving? They're not going to find my bones in a tree. <laughs> you don't need to call the fire department to get me out. I have faith in my God. My God, my God meets all my needs. And he won't stop if there's a pandemic. <laughs> he won't stop if the world is afraid. He won't stop... If there's darkness covering the face of the earth, he's going to raise up a standard, and I'm part of that. Are you? He's told me you are. But it's whether you believe it or not. Like the woman who touched the garment, are you desperate enough for you and for your neighbors? Can you have compassion rise up in your guts? <laughs> grip you to do the most wonderful thing you could ever do. Ah. Thank you, Jesus, for this people. This is a people who have a heart after you. This is a people who want to meet with you 
all the time. And as we heard this morning, when we're in your presence, Lord, it's your joy that is washing over us. Ah, we didn't do anything to get into the kingdom, Lord. You did it all. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. It's by grace. And if what you started in grace, you're going to see through in grace. You're going to move in us with your compassion, that, that knot in our, in our intestines that drives us to do the things of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that we are contagious with the kingdom. We have a fatal dose of Jesus' love to give away. You'll have to die to this world and live unto Christ. You're so good, Lord. Help us to recognize that and to give that away. Help us to be a thankful people, Lord. Thanking you for what little we have, whatever that is. And then there'll be lots to give away. More than we could ever have imagined. Those disciples had never fed 5,000 men before. And yet they had enough that day. <laughs> you are amazing, Lord, in all of your ways. And thank you that just as you were sent, you've sent us. We have everything that we need because we have you. So help us to grow in that faith, Lord. Help us to understand that faith and help us to move with just a little confidence and a little desperation to get the things done for your kingdom's purposes that you might be glorified. You might be glorified, Lord. Thank you for today and thank you for all that you're doing. I know you want to bless each one, Lord, so... I ask you to do that just so that it's out there. We receive not because we ask not. So we're, we're ready to receive your blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless each one, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.